welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary for Saturday the 24th of June 2017. Now, I'm not actually here at the moment. I've recorded this a day or two ahead of time because I'm having one of my weekend jollies this weekend and I'm actually going to go and see Cliff Richard uh, live in an open-air concert. So if you're in the UK and it's pouring with rain on Saturday evening, you know that I got to use the ponchos that I bought for the family just in case we needed them. But if the sun is shining, then it's going to be a good night and uh, we'll all be singing along to Bachelor Boy and things like that. So um, we're hoping to get backstage and meet Cliff. So if um, if you're interested in that sort of thing, Check my Twitter feed at, at PaulTeagueUK, and uh, if I get that picture with Cliff, I'll share that on social media. So, anyhow, this is supposed to be about writing, not about Cliff Richard. Um, so let me tell you about my writing progress this week. And it's going to be slightly different this week, because I'm not writing at the moment, um, and I won't be writing for another week or so. But I did want to use this uh, podcast review, this podcast diary, to go through the quarter two objectives for this year so April to June the objectives that I set and what I've managed to do but first let me just catch you up with the latest news uh, the first thing is is that I have been doing writing activities of course this week and uh, editing burden of guilt is when I finished last weekend um, so this was my final read before it goes to my editor and hopefully by the stage I'm sending that off to, to Helen Fazal the edit I've been through it I've got all the plot points correct I've given it a sweep for spelling the continuity. Her, Helen creates a style guide for me for my thriller, so I've gone through the style guide and hopefully put a, as many of those stylistic matters right as possible. So I'm hoping that by the time she gets it, you know, she's reading a book that's pretty shipshape and, and ready to go. She's going to have it until I think uh, sometime towards the end of August. I will then give it a final read through just to make sure I, I agree with the changes that she's made and just look for anything else that we've missed, and then it gets published in September. I'm beginning to spend a lot of the time that I'm awake early in the morning during the summer months in the UK, uh, you know, chugging over story ideas. So um, I haven't committed yet. I usually commit at the last minute to what the story is going to be. I've got a couple that I'm I'm quite excited about at the moment. So um, I'll let you know as soon as I do commit. Usually, you know what I'm going to write when I start writing, when I've written the first 5,000 words. Um, the other thing I did this week, and I, I keep forgetting to tell you about this, um, I've been refreshing my... Well, I am refreshing some of my non-fiction books and I've just finished refreshing my WordPress un- unboxed book. So originally that was called, I think it was something like Using WordPress for Business, which is like the most vanilla title you can think of for a book. But I, I just wanted to get the thing out and it had the word WordPress in there and, it, you know, they sold fine those books. Um, but they had a boring cover on too. But I decided that I just wanted to hype it up a little bit more and I wanted to build a course around it. So I'm calling it WordPress Unbox now. It's got a much sexier cover in terms of being, you know, not being bland. It looks much more exciting. Um, and I've got the Kindle version and I've got the paperback version done. And at the weekend, I did my final read of that. Well, I say my final read. Um, I, I finally managed to cajole one of my children, my oldest son, into giving it a proofread for me. And I'm very fortunate to have three extremely literate children, I mean, extremely literate children. And, and my um, oldest son 
I finally managed to cajole him in, into doing uh, proofread for me. And, and nonfiction is fine because he's very good with tech and very happy with WordPress. Um, you know, so, so, so didn't look at it and think what you're right about, Dad. So there was none of that involved. Um, and he just did an excellent proofread. It was just a brilliant proofread, you know, spotted everything and made some really pertinent comments. So um, I'm highly delighted that I have a child who will proofread my nonfiction for me because, um, you know, really, you're really just spotting punctuation errors. And he actually spotted a couple of things where I just, I'd done something really ridiculous with an image. It was just a ridiculous thing. And he'd pointed it out and, and I just said, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> I can put that right. Um, so I'm very happy with that. It's very nice to have children involved in, in the business at that level. But also I said, look, you did a, a really brilliant job of that. I'll pay you to do the other ones as they come through. So I'm supposed to be working on the Facebook one next, but I had another bolshy moment about social media and the Facebook one might not get done. I'll tell you what my bolshy moment was. And I really, I really am stuck with the Facebook because um, I taught a corporate session last Thursday, a week ago on Thursday, uh, and it was for Twitter. And then when I got home, by the time I got home, Twitter had changed. You know, it's got all circular and all the icons and things have gone rounded. So everything I told people about how to get a square profile picture and things like that, it's all like, it's all gone by the time we even get home after a course on the same day, for goodness sake. And this is what drives me mad with social media. If I had just refresh my Twitter book, and then all of a sudden, the whole look of it change it changes. My book's obsolete. It drives me spare. Now, the, the, the thing with WordPress is that WordPress doesn't change very much at all. I had a, a few little bits of updating to do, very minor bits of updating in terms of the screenshots. But nothing really changes with WordPress. It's just tweaks and background stuff most of the time. But social media, it changes every five minutes. Now, so I've got, I'll explain why I've got this tension with the Facebook uh, book and re- revising that. It is, I think, the book that I've written that's sold most copies. And, and, and funnily enough, I've never got excited about it because it just constantly sells copies. So, you know, I don't have a fantastic month and say, oh, look at that, that's Facebook. It just constantly sells copies. And so when I'm looking at my stats and see what the best selling book is, actually my Facebook book, or, or it certainly was until recently, probably not now, actually, but it was. And, and also, I've done a couple of corporate training sessions this week. And I'd, I'd said to the, um, the people that I work for that, um, when I do these corporate sessions for, I'd said, Oh, look, I'm not going to do Facebook, um, anymore. You know, I'm sort of a bit fed up with, with refreshing it all the time, but we've got constant demand from people who want Facebook training. You know, we could hold as many courses as we want. Uh, and these courses are quite lucrative for me. I make quite a good little fee for a day when I, when I teach Facebook because we get, you know, we can get maybe up to 20 businesses in a room, um, all of them paying, uh, you know, at least, I think it's at least 65 quid, some of them paying 110 pounds. Um, and, and I get 50% of that. So it's a good little learner for a day. So this is the, this is the tension with this, because if I have a paperback book to sell, you know, to 20 people who've all sat through my Facebook training for the day, that's another 200 quid I can make from a training session. So another 100 quid I, I can make if, if only half of them buy it. Uh, and they're, and they're, they're pretty fit to buy at the end of those sessions. You know, they're all kind of enthused and, uh, I, I think I can sell books at those sessions. So this is, this is my dilemma. It, uh, in the, you know, it's not going to make a fortune, but it will make some money. Um, but it is a pain because it keeps changing. So I, I shall keep dithering. And at some point after I've been off my, my couple of weekends of jollies, um, I shall return and I will start writing another non-fiction book. I'll let you know what it is and what the topic is as soon as I finally settle to that. 
couple of bits of general writing news this week. I want to f- uh, thank uh, Nina Clare profusely for being my first Patreon pledger. Thank you so much, Nina, for that. Uh, you can find Nina at ninaclairebooks.com and you'll find Nina's books on Amazon if you do a hunt for those. And uh, Nina sent me a lovely email. Thanks so much for the email, Nina, because when you you know come home from a day's training or something like that, and you get a lovely email um, you know, saying how much um, you enjoy the podcast and how much you're getting from it and that you're listening to the back episodes. really does make your day when you get a lovely positive email like that. So I really appreciate it. Nina. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for taking the trouble to send that email. Um, but more exciting for me is the fact that we have you know, our first Patreon pledge. Now, as with all things that require asking for cash and support, I'm very reticent with these. So a while ago, I thought, well, better, you know, better get a Patreon campaign going if only in the background and I sat down and thought of the kind of you know what I could do for pledges and I thought well we'll, we'll put a month a uh, dollar a month as the lowest pledge and a three dollars a month for the next pledge and I've, I've got some bigger pledges there and I think the bigger pledges I can't remember whether they involve being a guest on the show or something like that you know they're they're, they're hopefully things that that authors w- would would value and would want and um and I didn't promote it I haven't mentioned it at all other than that I kind of set it up I put a button on and I thought, well, let's see if anybody finds it. Because a lot of people, you know, I never actually go to the websites for uh, podcasts. I actually just consume them on my phone. I never go to the website. So um, so I, most people, I thought, probably wouldn't see the Patreon button. But I'd stick it on there and then, you know, maybe work up to having a go at saying, well, you know, if you want the podcast to continue, it would really help if you if you pledge something on Patreon. And then I, I kind of know people value it and people want it to continue. So um, so Nina found the button. Thank you, Nina, and has become the first pledger on Patreon. So thank you very much for that, Nina. I really appreciate that. You are the founder member of the Self-Publishing Journeys uh, Patreon Club, and I really appreciate it. Um, and, and while we're mentioning it, you know, I will do the cap in hand bit to say that I spend a considerable amount of time uh, producing the, the podcast every week. And whilst I enjoy it and, and obviously get tremendous value myself from it, from talking to the guests, um, obviously it does come with um, expenses. I've got hosting to pay for. I have to pay for Libsyn to deliver all the episodes. So I don't. I did think I would start the Patreon campaign because at a very uh, basic level, a nice target to reach would be that the costs of the podcast are paid for by listeners. It doesn't cost a fortune. Uh, it costs more of my time, really, than it does of my money. But um, I just thought, well, if you cover that cost, that's great. You know, the podcast doesn't cost me anything. It then just costs me my time. So if you do enjoy the, the podcast and, and you would be happy to consider a Patreon pledge, um, go to selfpublishingjourneys.com and you'll see the button at the top of the page there. But if you don't want to pledge on Patreon, that's fine by me. Just keep listening to the podcast and I'm very happy to have you here. I'd mentioned, I think, last week or the week before that I had discovered after two years, I think it is, I've had books on Google Play, that I'd actually been selling books and hadn't realised it. And, the, and I'd, I'd always sort of assumed that I'd list the books on Google Play and that if I sold anything, I'd get a cheque. And so that's how I'd know if I was selling anything. And I didn't expect it to be very much. It's a bit like Draft the Digital. I, I make sales on Draft the Digital, but they're never exciting. Uh, they're just a trickle of sales. And I get cheques from Draft the Digital, and that's very nice. But they're never exciting cheques uh, like they are with Amazon. So I just forgotten all about it. And then the other day, oh, I was taking, the, um, I had to take some secret bunker books off Google Play because I've put them on KDP Select and they're exclusive now. And I, I just, there was just this graph on, on the page when I went to it and I thought, hang on, that, that's sales, that's book sales. So I investigated and worked out that Google Play owed me some money and then thought, well, hang on, why haven't I been getting this money? And I worked out that um, 
what usually happens is you, you put a bank account on something like Google Play and they want you to confirm the bank account. They usually put something like 28p in or something and you then have to confirm the amount and it just makes sure that the right person's getting the money. So um, I hadn't done that. I'd, I'd set the bank account up two years ago. It wasn't even a valid bank account now. Uh, and I'd never confirmed it, which is why I'd never had any money. So uh, I've done that now. I had to jump through the hoops. I think maybe I was moaning last week saying that it's a little bit difficult uh, to to jump through the hoops and to say that you're a UK business and therefore you're not liable for tax in the USA. Anyway, I jumped through that hoop and I got me money today from Google. So I have received my first ever Google Play payment. And now I know that I'm actually selling on Google Play. I'm going to start to take it more seriously. I just assumed it wasn't working for me. I mean, if, if you've been listening to this podcast any length of time, you'll always hear me say, oh, yeah, I'd never sell anything on Google Play. But I have been. So um, so back we go to Google Play. The books aren't in KDP Select. The books aren't exclusive. I should be making sure they're on Google Play and making sure they're really nicely listed. This week, I took the grid off. Um, what did I take it off? I took it off free. I had it on perma-free. So at the moment, as of recording this diary, I have no books on perma-free at the moment. All of my books are charged at the moment. And so what I'm going to do for a period of time now is I am going to reduce the prices to free, and then I'm going to do a book at a time and do different offers. So I am going to do offers. I am still going to use free, but I'm not going to use perma-free at the moment. I'm also going to experiment with different price points to see if I put my prices up higher, whether that encourages more people with Kindle Unlimited to read and, and see if I can increase my income with read. So I'm, I'm going into an experimental phase. And if I have any results other than that my income flatlines, well, I'll tell you that too if it flatlines. But, um, you know, I, I'm just going to play around with things um, because I, I've had that perma-free strategy for a couple of years. I'm not really convinced that it's working for me. Um, well, it's, it is working for me, but I want, I want it needs to work better. I need things to work better. So um, I'm going to have a series of books that are in KDP Select. I'm going to have a series of books that are wide. Um, I do need to review all of that again and just make sure the links are right and the promos and I'm moving over to MailerLite next quarter. So I've got to get everything, all my ducks in a row and then just refresh things and, and see how we go with that. So I'll, I'll keep talking you through that and let you know what's going on. Uh, a couple of podcast interviews this week because I'm away for the next four days. I'm, um, I've been having to sort of keep up with things and make sure the podcast keeps going um, while I'm away. Though I am actually at the moment, I'm, I'm embarrassingly far ahead. So when, I've, when I'm recording guests, um, I'm saying that interview isn't going to run for another two months at the moment. So um, interviews are like buses. You know, you, you, you look like you're a bit sparse. Then all of a sudden, five people accept and you've got too many interviews in the pot. Um, and that's how I am at the moment. I'm about two months ahead with the interviews at the moment. You just have to watch that because, um, you know, sometimes things change for people. So I, I like to try and keep them fairly, fairly current if I can. But obviously, I'm, I'm having to work the interviews around other people's schedules and my schedule. Um, so this week, I did a take two interview, which means I've, I revisited um, Meg Cowley. And Meg uh, was one of the first interviews. Uh, she was the first one of the first interviewees I ever did on this podcast. So I talked to Meg just over a year ago, and um, you know Meg's had uh, quite a year, and she's had to pivot. She's had um, she was doing drawing books, adult coloring books, not drawing books. Sorry, Meg, adult coloring books, and the bottom fell out of that market, and Meg's had to pivot and change her business model. And um, I said to Meg after we'd done the interview, I felt like I gave you quite a hard time in that interview. I, did, I, I didn't mean to, but I, I think there's so much that we could learn from Meg's experience 
um, you know, when we think things are, are taking off, we think we've made a breakthrough, and then the market changes, and we we then have to pivot our business. And um, it is it's completely a positive story because Meg's doing really well. She's you know she's earning good and building income from the books, but there's a lot of lessons in there. So uh, that that interview is coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I also spoke to um, a non-fiction self-publishing superstar who you've probably heard of before, Joseph Alexander. Now, Joseph write, uh, writes and produces uh, guitar books about how to play guitar. And um, I, I always try, I like to try and ask questions that I don't hear other people asking on this podcast. So, you know, we, we dug quite a bit into Joseph's past. And it turns out that I, I think he's been an entrepreneur for a number of years since, since quite a young age. I think he's always been entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial in the sense that he quite clearly doesn't like other people paying him a salary, he likes to generate his own income. Um, and, and his success with the books is just a part of that in many respects. Um, and we, I also wanted to talk to him about his music and as, his aspirations with his music too, because I don't hear, you know, it all comes from music. This, this marvelous career that Joseph's had comes from music. So I wanted to dig into that a little bit more too and his aspirations as a musician. There's some really interesting stuff in there. So uh, both of those interviews will be coming up in, in future weeks on this podcast. Okay. So that's my news. Um, we're nearing the end of June. So in this podcast episode, I just wanted to review quarter two of this year, April to June. And next week, when I'm, I'm away again next week, I'm going to look ahead to quarter three, July to September. And, and so if you're new to this podcast diary, I have a big um, whiteboard to the left of me here. Um, and I'm just turning around so that I can do this and see my whiteboard. And uh, I will post the picture of my quarter two objectives so that you can see what I've done and how I tick it off on my whiteboard. Now, those objectives have changed slightly um, from when I set them. Some of them will be blurred out because I always, I always have financial objectives on there too. And, and so I do blur out the personal stuff. And um, so, so, but it's interesting for you to know that, you know, I always have financial goals and I, uh, and not necessarily related just to the writing because I do corporate stuff as well. So I, I have um, financial goals um, related to all, 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 you know, various income streams. Um, and, and some of that stuff I don't share on this podcast. Um, there's also um, things on there. I, you know, I'm, I, I think it's really important to get a balanced uh, life with this. You mustn't have burnout, which is why I'm away this weekend. So I'm going to go abroad next weekend. Um, I, 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 I'm taking some time to make sure that uh, over the summer with my family, uh, we get plenty of time out together and uh, enjoy the sunshine. Um, because that, to me, is, is uh, it's creative recuperation. If I just work, 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 I'm going to get frazzled. I'm not going to get any ideas. But also, you know, when I'm when I'm doing things, different things, having different experiences, we're going out with a family. That's nourishing my creativity. It's given me lots of ideas. So I have got um, actually over summer, over the summer holidays. Um, I was a little bit embarrassed to see actually how many things we have got set up with with, with the family over summer. Um, but the writing will still get done. You'll hear it in these diaries. So I, I've got my three days at work. I've got my writing days. Um, and then I've got days where I'm working with the family uh, or going out with the family and having some fun. So, uh, you know, it all, it all kind of works, but I'm, I'm aiming um, to have some fun over the summer while the, while the kids are off. Um, but I, I'll, I'll talk you through that. But I think it's important that you get the balance. You know, if you work, work, work all the time, you're going to burn out and your creativity is going to go and you're going to run out of ideas. So I want to constantly be nurturing creativity with ideas. So for instance, an example of that was um, my wife and I went on a ferry over to, where was it, Amsterdam uh, a month or two ago. 
And while I was on the ferry, um, it's a while since I've been on a ferry. While I was there, I was thinking, hey, this is a great place for a murder. I could, you know, I could set a book here. I could put a ferry on a book. And I was taking photos just to remind myself what the cabins look like. And, and, and that's what I talk about nurturing your creativity. You know, if you, if you just lock yourself away writing all the time, you're not going to get new experiences that you could weave into your book. So I think that's really important. So I just mentioned that. Um, so just to let you know then for quarter two. So quarter two is um, April to June nearly at the end of June now, but I actually have, I've reached all my targets, which is why I'm off messing around for the next couple of weekends, because I've achieved everything that I wanted to achieve in this quarter. So I'm, you know, I'm rewarding myself with some play. So in this quarter, between April and June, I've got another thriller written. So uh, Burden of Guilt was written in, in three months. Uh, it's a 52,500 word novel. I'm now, I'm now done with that. I've, I've gone through it. I've edited it, edited it again, and it's off to my editor now. So there's nothing else I could do with that. It's off my plate now until it comes back from Helen, uh, towards the end of August. So I have scheduled the time to start going through that. Um, I also had to, in this quarter, I had to finish off the book I'd written in quarter one. So I wrote my first 50,000 word thriller, Dead of Night in quarter one between January and March. And so in this quarter, I gave it a final read. Um, it came back from my editor, Helen. Uh, it was polished. And so I put it into vellum. I've made it live. I've done promos with it. So that was Dead of Night. So Dead of Night has been released. Burden of Guilt has been written. I had a couple of events this month, which I've really enjoyed. I went to see a clairvoyant. Um, I have a clairvoyant in my thriller series, and I really enjoyed writing the character, but it was mostly written around my my televisual experiences of, of clairvoyance. I'd never been to see one. And so before the book went out, I wanted to see a clairvoyant just to sense check it and make sure I hadn't said anything ridiculous or got anything wrong. Um, and I've wanted to see a clairvoyant for years. It was it was brilliant. And um I enjoyed it, and I am tempted to to come back to that character in the thrillers and maybe write a standalone or weave him into another book because I, I really enjoyed writing his character um, and seeing a clairvoyant inspired me even more. I went to the Amazon Academy event in Edinburgh, uh, representing the Alliance of Independent Authors on stage, and I've been to two of those events now, and I am uh, being quite proactive. I haven't got them all yet, but I met Joseph Alexander in Manchester. That's why I was interviewing Joseph as a result of that contact. Um I interviewed Stephen the other day, who I met up at Edinburgh, and I got a couple of other authors. If you're listening to this, I will be chasing you, but I, I need to catch all the other authors I met at those events as well to book them onto the podcast. Um, I also went to a New Newcastle Writing Festival where I met Rachel Abbott. I'll talk about Rachel in a moment or two because you're going to hear the interview that I recorded there on Monday for the podcast. So, um, you know, a bit of work and pleasure. Enjoyed that writing event too. Um, this quarter, we went to Amsterdam. Um, I went, I went to a nuclear power station. I don't think I mentioned this. Uh, went with the kids. We got a, a tour of a nuclear power station. You know, again, it was great fun. It was a nice family day out, but it gave me loads of ideas again for, uh, for writing, being inside a nuclear power station and seeing all the things that we could see. Um, you know, getting an idea of security and the layout and things like that. That's very interesting. And that might, um, you know, fuel ideas for a story at some point. Um, and then we've done a couple of fun things. You know, we've, we've, we've been out with a family. I'm off to see Cliff Richard and things like that. Um, finances uh, reached financial goals this month. Um, and so when I set my financial goals, um, I mean, my writing goal, I don't set financial goals for the books. My financial goal for the books is I'd like to earn more than last month, please. But I do have financial goals. Um, I, I did reach a financial goal this month, which was to reach $1,000 uh, of earnings in one month. Uh, I ain't going to earn, earn that next month it's going to be lower than that um you know so 
we that effort continues to try and get the earnings up from the books um but but i'm not doing anything in any kind of a sustainable way and it's not enough money still at the moment so you know i'll keep reporting back with that but what does pay the bills is the corporate days that i do um and um i always set i always try and get a certain number of corporate days in over the course of a quarter because those corporate bills the three days i work during the week pays everything i need to for the house the corporate training days that I do, which I can I can sort of pick and choose the dates of those. I tend to do them on weeks when I, I haven't had too much on, um, and you know, I, obviously I, I schedule them around the writing. Um, the money that I get from those pays my business expenses, like covers, editors, and things like that. Uh, and that's how I bootstrap the writing side of the business. Uh, what else? I've done some promos for uh, Don't Tell Meg, and those promos led to me having my best month ever. I did uh, an Alliance of Independent Authors Fringe event video. That was my Insta freebie video that I did. Um, there is another Alliance of Independent Authors event in October. Not sure yet whether I'm going to contribute to that. I might miss a month because, you know, you can have too much of a good thing. And um, I, I may just skip a month with that, unless I've got something that I'm very desperate to share. No, so, for instance, uh, I'm using MailerLite at the moment. I see people online having MailerLite issues. I can think that um, if I did a MailerLite video, you know, tip, top tips for setting up MailerLite, I could, I could, that's probably going to be quite well appreciated by the indie author community. So I, I may end up doing that, and it will probably be MailerLite if I do do it, and if, if the Alliance of Independent Authors want it, because that feels like something that's going to be really useful to people at the moment if I, if I do a kind of top tips for MailerLite. Um, so that, that's kind of, that, that was done, and, and I may return to that. Um, I, I've done a lot of, there's always a lot of sort of, um, you know, um, miscellaneous stuff, um, you know, housekeeping stuff, boring stuff. Um, so getting links right and, uh, you know, changing listings and things like that. So I had a little miscellaneous section in there. I've done all the little miscellaneous jobs I had, like backlinks and things like that that I had to check. Uh, I got WordPress Unboxed changed. So WordPress Unboxed now has been completely refreshed. It used to be called WordPress for Business. It's got a new cover on it. It's been proofread. It's available in paperback. It's available uh, digitally. Uh, and so that's, that's got another non-fiction book out. And it's funny, so I never, you know, when I'm telling you how much I've done, I, I never really think about the non-fiction because the non-fiction um, comes much more easily to me. But in actual fact, you know, I've written two books or released two books to a certain extent this quarter because I, I, I tend to gloss over WordPress Unbox, but that is a new product that is out and selling now. I've been making sales today with that. Um, I created a Facebook page for this podcast, Self-Publishing Journeys, and I can't remember how that came about. I, I think I was sharing a video, and I'd uploaded, I'd uploaded um, the, the the video. Um, when you when you post from Libsyn to YouTube, effectively it creates an audio video, if that makes sense. In that the it, there's no video, there's no moving video on it, but it, it, it's like um, you can play it as a video, and it just shows a still of the logo, but it just plays the audio through. And um, you know, interestingly, I've started putting all the podcast episodes on there. And a little while ago, I can't remember what it was, a while ago on my YouTube channel, I just burned all my old videos because I've moved out of internet marketing. I thought, right, all I want on this YouTube channel now is all I want is um, author-related stuff. And so I burnt loads of old videos. They're all still there, but they're all none of them count on my numbers. And I think I, I took my views back to something ridiculous. It was really low. But my YouTube views are back up already to 4,361. And that's just from me putting the podcast episodes on. And what I've noticed with that is that although each podcast episode doesn't necessarily get a lot of views, and it certainly doesn't get a lot of views in the week that I release it, over time, the older YouTube videos of podcast episodes 
are getting more and more views. And you hit a critical mass with it. The more of those videos that I have, the more views that I get. So I, I've been quite impressed by how quickly my my YouTube views, having knocked them right back, you know, virtually to zero to a couple of hundred from they were in the thousands before. I can't remember what they were before. They're growing really fast again. So anyhow, what I'm going to do with that, now I'm seeing how fast they're growing, is I'm actually going to go through the back catalogue and make sure I've got links to my self-publishing academy training so that I can use it to drive traffic, which is frankly why I do it. It's all about driving traffic to offers and books. That's that's why we do all of these things. Um, so I got the self-publishing journey's Facebook page up. And then when I was looking at how the, the audio looks in there, I thought, this is perfect. This is great. Why didn't I do this before? Um, I haven't really got any followers on it yet. How, how many have we got on there? It's, you know, there's nobody on it yet. And I've been at this long enough to know that things grow slowly. And we're up, we're up to 23 follows, 20 likes. So nothing really happening there at the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, as I build more authors on there and as more authors share it, that page will build. But I do actually think that uh, the audio sits really nicely in Facebook. I just don't know why I didn't do it before. It looks great on Facebook. Um, should have done it from day one. The other thing that I've done, actually, this is why I like to do this, by the way. This is why I like to do my quarterly planning, because as I'm reading this to you now, I'm thinking, blimey, I haven't done this in three months. And, and so rather than feeling that I'm not getting enough done all the time, which we all feel, when I read the list and I look at what I've accomplished in, in three months, um, I sort of think, wow, that that's good. I've been really productive over these three months. And as I'm talking to you now, I'm thinking, crikey, how have I managed to get all of this done? Um, and that's a good feeling to have, by the way, because, you know, as you know, most of the time we feel like we're not getting enough done. Um, I've also fixed um, podcast guests from episode 60 to episode 78. So I've booked and or recorded 18 podcast guests in, in a quarter of a year, which is ridiculous. I don't know how I've done that, but I have. Um, so um, obviously I'm always recording podcast guests too. And um, I'm I'm scheduling through over the next two over the next six months. I'm making sure I've got the guests done till uh, episode 100, and then I will review the podcast at episode 100. Um, you know, in in anything in business, you shouldn't just carry on blindly. And uh, I review this podcast at regular times, and you know, I have to say, am I spending my time in the best way possible? And so the podcast gets a review in the new year when we've hit episode 100. So I've renewed, if you think of it like a renewing a season of a, of a show on telly, um, I'm committing to episode 100, and then I'm going to review it. And clearly the things that will impact that are the downloads that we get on the podcast, the kind of interaction and the feedback I'm getting. Um, and, um, you know, the Patreon will form a part of that as well. So really, uh, episode 100, I'll then say, well, you know, is this worth continuing? Is this an important part of the business? Um so uh, uh, th that's that's coming up. But at the moment, I'm working really hard to make sure that I've got the 100th guest recorded and edited by December. Um, so that I, uh, so that I, I, the 100th episode is something like January, the end of January, I think it is. Uh, and then I'll review it and have a think about it over Christmas. So that's podcast episodes. And again, you know, what I was saying about Patreon, you know, it takes a lot of my time. When you see that that's 18 guests, you know, they've all been recorded after work in the evenings around the writing and everything else. So it does take quite a lot of time to keep a podcast going. Um, what else have I done? Um, I've made paperback. Oh, that's right. I got paperbacks made of Don't Tell Meg the Murder Place, The Forgotten Children and um, Dead of Night. So I have also produced, I've got formatted and produced and done the covers for four paperback versions of my books and released those books to on CreateSpace. And finally... 
Blimey, it has been a busy quarter. Finally, I have produced two courses on Teachable. How to use Vellum on a PC. That one was done from scratch. And then I've migrated my um, self-publishing academy course from WordPress to Teachable because I've realized I really like Teachable. I think it gives users a really good experience. So I, I, effectively, I've created one course and migrated and updated another uh, course uh, on Teachable. So it's been a pretty busy quarter, I would say. I'm actually reading through that. I'm quite pleased with that. Um, so that's what I've achieved this quarter. And obviously, there are other little bits. I haven't even gone on the planning board that have been um, achieved around that. But but why I share my planning board is, number one, it's for transparency so that you can see how I spend my time and that what's on the planning board relates to these diaries. But also because I highly recommend it to you as a way of managing your writing year. So I've, I bought one of these. I think it was from Staples. I don't know how much these boards cost, but it's you know it's on my wall all the time. Uh, and I, I constantly, I've got, I, I have obviously the, the current quarter is planned in intricate detail. I know pretty well what I'm going to be doing in quarter three already because I've sketched that out on the board already. But I'll finalise that next week uh, and obviously erase quarter two, move quarter three over, make sure it's got full detail in there. And then I'm always planning. I've, I've even got things penciled in already for quarter two from April to June next year. So I've already got things penciled in for a year ahead. But it's a really great way of planning. And I take it off the quarterly planning board and then I work on weekly planning sheets. And if you've ever got uh, time, basically what you should do is say, what's next on the, the quarterly planning board? If you ever wonder what you should be doing and you've got time and you don't know how to use it, you just need to take things off the quarterly planning board. And that way, when you sit down and do a review of the last quarter, as I've just done, you can then take a look at it and say, you know, great, I ticked off all the things that I wanted to do this quarter. And also you can feel a, a sense of accomplishment that you have actually achieved a lot within the last quarter. So rather than running around like a headless chicken, so, you know, doing a little bit here, a little bit there, not really sure what you're achieving, I'm a firm believer in, in planning it, doing it, ticking off when it's done, and then getting that feeling that you've accomplished something at the end, rather than this constant crisis management, which doesn't work for me as a management style at all. Okay, so that's this week's podcast diary. What I'll do next week is I'll talk you through what my aims are going to be for quarter three, and I will bring you up to date with my writing progress from last week. My guest on Monday is Rachel Abbott. Now, I met Rachel in person. This is one of these face-to-face interviews at the uh, New Writing North event uh, at Newcastle. It was at Northumbria Northumbria University. I have to think about that. It was at Northumbria University in Newcastle. And uh, I managed to get an interview with Rachel. I thought, usually when you, you're talking to celebrities and people who are appearing at these events, you normally get about 20 minutes and then they're, they're ushering you away. But I got a full hour with Rachel and she was brilliant. Um, if you've heard her before, she's just a great talker, but she shares so much great stuff. So you can hear my conversation with Rachel. That's coming up on Monday the 26th of the next podcast episode. I'm off on a jolly. Look out for those pictures with me and Cliff and the family, which I hope I get. Keep your fingers crossed that it doesn't rain because we're at that outdoor concert on Saturday evening. And I will be back for another podcast diary next Saturday. In the meantime, have a fabulous week of writing. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.